You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth are you doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. A beard. See you, Julie. Faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight, you never know where the TARDIS is going next. Hey there, Whovians, welcome to another episode of Earth Station Who. We got a good one for you. You know, with the 60th anniversary special coming up real soon, and, you know, we've been hearing rumors about dates and times and stuff, the very first of the specials is called The Star Beast, and it's actually based off of a comic. And we're going to actually go back to 1980, and we are going to look at the comic strip that it ran through and talk about the story of The Star Beast. And, you know... This might be spoilers for the episode because the characters, multiple of them, are going to be appearing in the 60th anniversary special. So we are going to spoil the hell out of this. So just be prepared that we are going to be talking about this tonight. So we got a great crew, though, to talk all about it. And thank you all for joining. Let's introduce everyone. Kirian, you're back. Yes, hello. It's lovely to be back. Thank you so much. Oh, not a problem. It's great to have you, my friend. And, of course, our regulars, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. And Ms. Mary Ogle, how are you? Hey, everybody. It is fantastic to be here. Uh, You know, it's interesting to talk about this one because I remember reading this probably, I think the first time I read it was 85, 86. And, you know, I've, you know, found it the issues of Doctor Who magazine and the weekly that, you know, it appeared in originally at, you know, a a used bookstore. They had had a whole pile of them. And it was just like I felt I felt like at the time I was in Vegas and I struck gold, you know, type Mm -hmm. thing. It was just like it was awesome. So it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about this. And. Kieran, the reason I don't mention your last name, because your last name's Moffat, I don't want yes, yes. people to think you have a connection. No, uh, yes. Hello, yes, <laughs> I'm Kieran Moffat, and um, yes, I'm not, I have I have two T's in my name, not not one. Um, I <laughs> genuinely, I genuinely like Stephen Moffat's stuff, uh, but I'm in a minority, apparently. <laughs> I love Stephen Moffat, so we're, yay we're for Kieran. <laughs> so we're fine with that. So, yeah, um, it's going to be interesting because, you know, Stephen, as we like to say, made us scared just to go to the bathroom. So it's okay. <laughs> you know, or that or go to Home Depot, you know, the hardware mm-hmm. store. Like, what's going to attack me next? So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun to talk about this. But we do have some Doctor Who news. Most of it's rumor, though. Most of it's rumor. And knowing the BBC, they will be announcing these things as guaranteed the day after we talk about them. <laughs> right. You know, so hmm. the story of it. Uh, the big first rumor that I actually heard is we're getting Doctor Who's 60th anniversary special, The Star Beast, sooner than later, actually. The rumor going around is broadcast date of Saturday, November 11th. And then the 
other two will be the following Saturdays, ending on the 25th, I think, which will be real interesting. They're yeah. not going to tell us what the dates are until... Uh, like, I've been saying like this the for day months. Before. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be one week. It'll be they'll drop a trailer saying Doctor Who is coming out next weekend. Be ready, and just to make everyone go insane because um, if people know when the date is, they're going to. I don't know. I think they're kind of going to lose steam, but I think they've kept the momentum by not telling anyone when it's going to actually air. No, I agree with you completely, and it's going to be interesting to see because you know I have. A couple of friends who um, have sources, as they'd like to say, and that's where they got the dates from. And one of their sources works at Disney Plus. So that's, that's you know, but he's, he's saying he can't confirm anything type thing. Because yeah. that would make sense, though, because I can't see them going into December with the, the, the three specials, you know. Well, they're doing it over three nights. Well, yeah, well, that's the other thing. They could do it three nights. They could do it on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, right around yeah. the anniversary. I think it makes more I sense to space them out. Yeah. Well, especially if they've got, because we're getting a Christmas special this right. year as well. So you right. don't want to leave too much gap between, I, I think basically what they're doing is they're leaving it right until the like the last second to tell us when it is. And from that point, I don't think we'll ever really have to wait too long before like more Doctor Who and more content comes out from them. So Oh, very much so. No, I agree completely with that. And that's that's the interesting thing. You know, I think we're about to hop into a new golden age of Doctor Who. You know, at least, you know, being able to watch, you know, Doctor Who more regularly instead of having to wait what a year and a half between seasons. Or more. Exactly. Yeah. So this must be, I can only imagine this is driving the people from Disney Plus crazy because Disney likes to promote things like well in advance. Like they, they're not usually ones to be like, hey, we're just showing it next week. Pop surprise. Like they, they, they really like, uh, they like promoting things uh, a lot. And, and Disney, man, they've had a rough year. They can use a win. Um, oh, I so I don't, I can't agree I don't, with that. I do. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I imagine, I don't know. I doubt they're on pins and needles, but I mean, they've invested a lot in this and, and I would imagine they hope to get a lot more in return. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I don't know if, if they have much control over the release schedule. Um, but, uh, I can't imagine that they'd want everything to be released all at once. Uh, you know, consecutively, it's not something that they've done before. Uh, like on consecutive nights, but that's not to say that they can't do something different. Um, but I'm pretty sure I can't see it airing on Disney Plus before it airs on BBC. So mm -mm. no, 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 that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's not going to happen. No. So we got that once, and that was the fifth, the five doctors, and we're right. here, here, here first. Well, we haven't even heard anything, you know, if they're going to, you know, what else is going to be on Disney Plus as far as, you know, new who, classic who, anything else related. We just, we have no idea. We still got well, nothing on that. And then we're talking about like, it's less than a month away. Yeah. Yeah. They announced yesterday that um, all of classic who and new who is going to be put on BBC iPlayer in the UK, which is a big deal. That means... Anyone who lives in the UK and has a television license will be able to watch Doctor Who for free, all of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, previously, it was on BritBox. What, what um, do they say? What, are the, what is the tagline they just released for that? 
over 800 hours of content. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because it's all the spin-offs, all of the, like, Doctor Who confidentials and stuff. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I And I, you'd want, you'd, you'd kind of want Disney Plus to have something like that if they're getting Doctor Who, um, especially, like, here in Australia, um, classic Doctor Who was taken off BritBox. So we're waiting to hear where it's going to end up. Um, I know it's on BritBox in the US because I use my VPN to watch it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's finding out what Disney Plus is going to do. But we're in a unique situation where most stuff that comes out on Disney Plus is owned by Disney. Whereas this is a, a really interesting mix of rights where the BBC holds the rights. Um, Disney Plus has put up a huge amount of money for it. But all creative control is held by Wolf Studios Cardiff um, and controlled by Russell T. Davis and Jane Tranter. Mm-hmm. So it's complicated. Oh, very yeah. much so. And that's interesting, too, because, you know, I'm ready to geek out. You know, I open Disney Plus on my TV and all of a sudden I hear a TARDIS sound, you know, you know, or something like that. And it's like, it's here. You know, something exciting like that would be amazing. What are they going to do with the logo? You know, how every new show, when it comes on Disney Plus, there's a logo for the, like, the sweep and the plus. Like, mm-hmm. what are they going to do? A TARDIS going past or something? <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I mean, that's the thing. They, I know that Disney likes to do all sorts of things like that. So I can't, you know, I, I it, you know, I, I, it must just drive them crazy because they can't, they're not able to promote it yet um because uh, mm-hmm. i would imagine i mean it's a month out and they're probably like on pins and needles going damn let's we want to say something because mm-hmm. we're recording this as of october 10th so you know literally if it's going to start on the 11th it's a month from tomorrow it's a month away yeah so that's just craziness and and you know right now disney plus has uh their big show right now that's new is loki which is all about time travel and displacement and, and travels in space and time and everything like that and it's the perfect like tie-in to doctor who especially for those people who are not as familiar so i i, I mean it's a it's a great way to like jump from one to the other and uh i i just i i just i'm wondering how they're how they're gonna pull it off yeah because loki's been hopping through time and space right now exactly and wouldn't it be funny if he just warped into the tardis and the doctor's just like what what? what? <laughs> and then Loki disappears. I mean, the cross promotion, uh, you know, possibilities are endless. Oh, so. of course, of course. So, as we like to say, watch the space. We'll, when we know, you guys will know, of course. And we've been, you know, on pins and needles with it. So it should be tons of fun to see what happens with that. Um, an interesting thing we've been hearing about is some rumors. Uh, we've been talking about spinoffs and we've been talking about, you know, stuff for quite some time. We actually did a panel at DragonCon and we also did a panel at Pensacon on that, you know, what about Doctor Who and such. And we also did at uh, Concaster Burris, if I remember correctly. Right, Mary? Did we do it at Concaster Burris? I'm not sure we did. Oh. <laughs> uh, but we talked about it. We I mean, we, about- we talked about it in a in a different Exactly. And it's sort of general panel. Well, we talked about it when we were talking, you know, doing our big panel at the end of the. Yeah, know, yeah, the we end. did. We were talking about like what, what, what's the future going to bring for Doctor? We Hill. talked about rumors. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and you know, the biggest rumor, of course, had been that there's going to be a unit spinoff, which would be which a, is still out there. Yeah, <laughs> and it's becoming more and more closer to 
possible reality. Another one that I actually had heard um, recently was about the Paternoster game, possibly getting one on, but that would be going on to the BBC Children's Channel. And I don't want to see a Doctor Who spinoff on the Children's Channel again. You know, I think it should be, you know, straight. Well, the Sarah Jane Adventures was pretty popular. Oh, that well, it was. Children's but, thing? you know, like Paternoster Gang, though, you know, it's a lizard lady married to a human, you know, a female. Well, exactly. exactly we need what that children should see. Yeah, well, exactly. And but I could see the conservatives going. Conservative. Oh, sorry, you ought to bleep that. Be oh, Mary making me edit this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good, but but yeah, I, I think you meant to say beep the meep the, the <laughs> right beep the meep the conservatives. <laughs> it's it'll be very interesting. But one of the rumors that's going around, and we were talking about it before we started, and it's like, this is too good to talk about, not talk about. And we usually don't touch on rumors on this, but this one's an interesting one. You know, Kieran, you want to talk about this one that you heard? Uh, yeah. So I heard, so I, I've been seeing it pop up. Um, someone said that uh, at the end of the three specials, um, that uh, the 14th Doctor, David Tennant, will regenerate into Shuti Gatwa but there'll be some sort of confluence of events where they sort of split in, they regenerate, but the 14th Doctor still exists, um, which, you know, I suppose if you look at previous, yeah, look, it's happened before with the Metacrisis Doctor and then there's the Watcher from Logopolis um, for fans of Classic Who. So it's not totally outside the realm. But then the rumour goes on to say that um, it will be spinning off into its own series called... um, Doctor Who Partners in Time, which is a a play on Partners in Crime, the first episode of uh, David Tennant and Donna that wasn't the Runaway Bride. Yes. Um, and the image looks, as, as I've said to people before, it's as the image looks so convincing, either that or someone has done a really good job of making it look like they've taken a crappy photograph of uh, an embargoed image because it's got embargo written across it and. Mm-hmm. Um, the the image itself reminds me of like I think it was like a video game logo for Doctor Who a few years ago. Um, you know, it's all crystals and white and yellow. It, yeah, um, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> if it's true that um, the Fourteenth Doctor and Donna go off on their own, I I already dislike that. I want to know what's going to go on in the specials because I don't like the idea. As much as Donna and the Doctor are great together. Donna has a family now. Yeah. Um, is is Donna going to leave her husband and her daughter? Um, <laughs> and her mother, I, although admittedly, I think she should probably leave her mother behind. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> she can leave her mother. Either. But I wonder actually if her daughter would go with her. Because I've, That's I've true. heard some speculation about, about that. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently the poor hubby just gets to stay stay home stay with the mother-in-law oh that's pure hell. <laughs> that's just that's just mean right there <laughs> yeah but it's i don't know about that and you know i'm looking at the image right now let me share it with you guys so that way we all can 
see it or anything. And when he says you, you guys, he doesn't mean you listeners. Yes. Yeah. You audio no. listeners. Here, here's... <laughs> if you can't see it, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Close your eyes. Imagine, you know. Because literally, they, you know, can you see it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's it over on the right. But it's, it looks fan made to me, truthfully. Yeah, it could well be. Yeah. But uh, again, like, pe- uh, take everything with a, a silo of salt. So, yeah. just... <laughs> well, exactly. And, you know, We'll post it up on the, I'll post it up on the SW Facebook group and everything so we can see it and everything. So, but I don't, I just don't want to see this. It happened. They've done it already. They gave Dr. Han to Rose, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They've done that already. It's like, can, you know, if, if that's going to be the case, I'd be kind of worried now about what's to come because if they're going to start rehashing and rehashing again, and I don't want well, to see that. Yeah, and what's going to happen to Shooty and Shooty's run? Well, exactly. How is that going to impact him, and is it going to to take away from from his mm-hmm. seasons? Exactly. Yeah, it's one thing if you're like telling, like if you're you know if you're having adventures with past incarnations of the Doctor and their you know specials here and there. I mean, that's fine. And that's great. We, I mean, obviously we, we have that with big finish already, but, Mm -hmm. but if we had that, a live action version of it, it would be great to, to, you know, to see our old favorites uh, pop up again occasionally. But I think, you know, if you're going to have uh, uh, an actor play the doctor, I think you need to make sure that that's the face of the franchise. And when I just feel like, you know, if this is true, if this rumor is true, then it's something that it's something that the BBC, Disney Plus, and everybody, all the 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 purse holders, the purse string holders, are saying, "You need to do this because we don't have faith in Shooty." Exactly. We don't have faith in him. Um, so, just as a backup, uh, if we could have, you know, uh, <laughs> if we could have a a doctor who is more popular one of the most popular doctors ever actors to play the doctor ever. If we could have him, that would be great. And, uh, you know, and then you can, and then Russell, you can do what you want with this, you know, shooty guy if you want, but you know, we're, 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 we need, we need money. And David Tennant is going to give us money. We feel much more comfortable with that. I mean, it was bad enough that, that I think Jody Whitaker's doctor had Graham, um sort hey, of like hey, as, as a, i know i know <laughs> <laughs> hey you know if anybody says anything bad about graham they're gonna have to go through me first all right <laughs> however he was so good he undermined and overshadowed the doctor in a lot of ways and i just don't want to see that happen on on a on a level like that like uh, on another level like this like, it's just you know i mean shooty's got an uphill battle as it is uh, I just don't want to see anything undermine that. And I feel like this, as much as I'd like to see it, and I'll watch it. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I'll watch <laughs> it. Um, I just don't want to see that get undermined. What if this was, uh, and I mean, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate and, uh, you know, bit of a thought experiment here. What if it was a limited series? What if we're talking like a three episode limited, like a three episode or an eight episode limited series for these characters? 
And then also, would it make a difference if we had another Doctor Who spin-off with another Doctor, but it was a different Doctor? Say that this series was a series with Paul McGann's eighth Doctor. Would that make a difference? Yes. Because it's one thing for, to me it would, because it's one thing for it to be a past Doctor. But if you're if you're talking about splitting the current Doctor into two beings, then you have to reconcile that. Or are you going to continue it? Or are you going to, like... It just seems to me that 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 says that we're we've got two faces of the company or the franchise rather than one. Um, and so I, I think, you know, if it's a special, then it should be like a past doctor or something like that. But not not run currently, not to say that, oh, you know, um, we've got two doctors now instead of one. And they're really the same being. I mean, there's some interesting story possibilities you have with that. I will, you know, I will say that you could do some interesting things with it. Um, I know that when they, like, for example, when they split Crichton on Farscape for a season, that was just beautifully written and beautifully well done. And it was really well explored. And you could do something similar like that in Doctor Who. Like we always say, change is cool. Like they, they you know, it's an ambitious storyline. Go for it. But I just, like I said, the the logistics of it, make me worry that it, it's being done for the wrong reasons no i don't disagree with that i completely dis- don't disagree with that you know bring on unit bring on padanastra gang or something else that we're not expecting i just don't want to see i mean look at all the people that were just freaking out because david was back even though we all love david Tennant. i mean most of us but um i mean people were just like oh my god you know they don't even have faith enough in Shooty to like have him start the franchise, the new show. It's going to have to be David first. Mm-hmm. Well, also, there's a big danger of them just kind of rehashing things they've already done. Exactly. Uh, in a scenario like that. I mean, if you're going to do something like that, then the writing's really got to be top notch to, to not ju- just make it feel like a poor second to what you've already seen. Exactly. And then they're going to be making Shooty almost like a forgotten doctor type thing. And that's what I worry about. And everything image wise and hearing about casting, I'm excited for Shooty's doctor. I'm Mm -hmm. exciting for, you know, even we got new images from the Christmas special. We get to see him in a kilt in the Christmas special. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he looks good in a kilt. (laughs) Yes, he does. He looks good in a kilt. I was going to say, as far as unit goes, um, uh, rumors floating around about cast list. Um, Freeman Adjman as Martha, apparently. Osgood, one of them back. Also, Ruth Maidley, um, who's in the specials, uh, is going to oh, be right. in the cool. Unit. So that would be a nice addition because, you know, they're bringing in, you know, unit for at least one or two of the stories. Yes. So. Well, Kate, uh, so. Um, the one who plays Kate Stewart, whose Gemma name I've completely forgotten. <laughs> Gemma Redgrave. Thank you. I was going to. I was going to list all of her, like her mother Vanessa, mother Ralph, just <laughs> listing all family members until I got to her. Um, but uh, she it's has early said, there for him, folks. That's why. <laughs> um, yeah, she has said that she did. Uh, she was an. In, she had an interview a few weeks ago, and she said that she has only acted a, against. Um, David Tennant, not against Shuti Gatwa. Um, now, Unit apparently appears in the new series with Shuti Gatwa, but um, Kate Stewart only interacts with Millie Gibson's character. Um, 
So that's interesting. Hmm, that is interesting. Because I know Ruby Sunday actually is supposed to be a member of UNIT, and that's how she gets hooked up with the Doctor. Well, I'd not heard that. That's yeah. interesting. So, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens. So this is called Speculation Corner, not news, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so as it's becoming tonight. But it's been a ton of fun. So it's always great talking with you guys about this type of stuff. All right. I think we need to take a break, and we'll come back in a minute. <laughs> And we will come back and talk about Beep the Meep. It'll be a ton of fun. I love that Star Trek does what adventure programs do. It's fun characters going on adventures, wearing colorful outfits. But it tries to be more than that. It tries to say something more about humanity and tries to encourage us to be better people. I love that it gives a really positive and really hopeful view of the future. I like that you never know what you get with Trek from Captain Pike to Picard to Captain Proton. I like the Ferengi. <laughs> Earth Station Trek, a show where we talk about Star Trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. Alright folks, now we are going back to 1980 and we are looking at the fine folks who did a wonderful, wonderful Doctor Who Weekly and we are looking at the Star Beast. It was interesting because it was, it first appeared February 1980 and they did an audio version of this. They did indeed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's pretty awesome and it was with the it was Tom's doctor, doctor number four, and he had a new companion and it was, it was real interesting to read this because it's been quite a few years since I had, and I forgot how wicked the nice, innocent looking creature was in this. Oh man, this thing, it's dark. <laughs> Yeah, the story for, is uh, really dark. That's why I mean, story-wise, we have no idea. I mean, even though I think the 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 episode, uh, the first one of the specials, is called the Star Beast, uh, so we don't know if it's adapted the the ex the actual story, how much of the story is being adapted. But the fact that Beep is 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 in it, um, and you know, that's why we gave the spoiler warning because right away I need we you know we want to let people know that even though this furry little creature looks adorable. Uh, like Baby Yoda esque. This is Doctor Who going for that that <laughs> that demographic. It is uh, it is insidiously evil, like, <laughs> like really bad. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it is. A, it is. Yeah, this creature is a villain of the highest order. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's very typical of the comic of comics, especially of that era. That it's he becomes bad because he's mutated by quote-unquote, black sun radiation. Cosmic ray! Yes. <laughs> how, many, how many times have you read or seen that? Do, 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 do. Wait, they're turning all into the Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think, so rereading this and then going and having a bit of a look. So the first thing a new reader might get 
with this is you read it, it's like, oh, yeah, um, two kids find an alien and then they go and hide it in their shed. And it's the first e. thing you think of, E.T. <laughs> exactly. This predates E.T. by two years. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Suck on that, Spielberg. the idea from. <laughs> 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 he switched always, it up a little. You <laughs> always knew Spielberg was a Doctor Who fan, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good possibility. We, uh, you know, we so rarely on on this show get a chance to uh, discuss the comics um, and uh, in any sort of way. And this is really cool that we're able to do this. And one of the reasons is because I believe I've tried to do some checking on this, but I and I so I believe this is the first instance of a comic character uh, being adapted into live action. So. Uh, I know that uh, Beep the Meep was uh, did appear in some big finish audios, um, yes. and some yeah. other of the comic characters uh, have been have appeared in some of the big finish audios. But this Frobisher. is the first time Frobisher. that Frobisher. that <laughs> yeah. Please exactly. bring Frobisher to the yes, TV we're all series. We're campaigning for Frobisher. What yeah, this CG is Penguin. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, this is a, this is in my opinion this is a big deal. I mean, I, I was really excited uh, a couple years ago when. Uh, uh, Book of Boba Fett in the Star Wars universe, uh, the series Book of Boba Fett brought in a uh, a Wookiee bounty hunter named Kirstan, um, and that was the first time ever in Star Wars we had seen a comic book character come to life in live action, and and that was pretty exciting. And so here we where it's happening in Doctor Who, and I know that there's probably a lot of like you know things you have to jump around as far as rights goes and and who's who's got the copyright on this character or whatever um so i i don't know how that all is playing out but i'm glad that they're doing it because it draw it gives more tension to the comics which i always think is a good thing well this is the second time that russell t davis has adapted a watch we'll call it like an expanded universe type story into right. the main canon, the first time being um, Human Nature in the Family of Blood, which was based on one of the 1990s uh, Virgin New Adventures, which if if you're a Doctor Who fan, like currently, and you go and read the Virgin New Adventures, they are bleak <laughs> and they're <laughs> really depressing. Um, but yeah, uh, but I think the interesting thing about the Star Beast is the fact that it was originally a TV idea. They pitched it to the BBC in the 1980s, and it was knocked back. Um, And so they turned it into a comic. And this is in the days when um, comic, you know, like nowadays the BBC has a dedicated, I think it's actually in Wolf Studios now, has a dedicated office where people get queries from the like Titan Comics and Doctor Who magazine and big finish about storylines, whether they're allowed to do it and everything has to be vetted. In the 1980s, they're just like, I'm just going to write a Doctor Who story in Doctor Who magazine, whether it fits in with the TV series or not. Let's just... (laughs) <laughs> and that's the interesting thing about it is I could see Tom's doctor interacting with this creature. Oh, yeah. I heard Tom's voice the whole time through this. And it was even, you know, Tom walking out of the TARDIS wearing a big sombrero and, you know. <laughs> hey, it, it, you know, it's interesting that in this story, in the first like five pages, K9 gets beheaded and the doctor's naked. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you didn't see Tom's doctor naked very often. <laughs> so uh so I mean that goes to tell you how like 
loose the comics were <laughs> as far as being able to tell stories that were not necessarily TV friendly. Um, uh, I mean, it's just like, wow, uh, there's a, there's a lot going on here. Um, but it still works. I mean, it still feels like a, a Doctor Who story. Uh, and I think that's why there's a lot of like, that's why I, I love things that draw attention to the comics because they're so creative. They're so, so many uh, really great stories there um, that I hope people will discover now. I mean, there's been Doctor Who comics almost as long as there's been Doctor Who. Um, and unfortunately, the, the collections have been, you know, scattered and few and far between. It's gone through a lot of different publishers and whatnot. So it, it's 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 not like you can just go to um, Amazon or wherever you get by by books or whatever and just say like I want to start with the first you know collection of Doctor Who comics and go from there because it's quite frankly it's a mess. Um, but uh, some stories have been collected, some haven't. This has been collected and is available in I think like five or six different formats. Oh yeah. So you, oh yeah, you, you can, can find it. <laughs> oh, very much you can, so. You can pick and choose. Um it's interesting that uh when you know the first time I read this was uh years and years and years ago. Um Mike, we you and I were talking about this right before we went on air, but um, you know, Marvel Comics uh thought they might have a hit. This is when they were doing licensed stuff, like bringing G.I. Joe and Godzilla and stuff into their comics. So they made a deal with uh, the BBC as well as uh, Doctor Who magazine to start reprinting uh, Doctor Who strips. And and so Doctor Who first premiered in, Mar in a magazine called Marvel Premiere, which was uh, reprinting some stories, uh, three issues. And I think that did well enough. It wasn't like gangbusters, but it did well enough that... They greenlit its own series for Marvel, but they were just doing reprints. They weren't doing new material. Um, and uh, but that that comic did not go to stands everywhere. This is not like, you know, this wasn't just a normal comic you could just buy in the grocery store or anywhere like that. It was it was a, a there's no ads in these comics. There's just uh, uh, it's all just a premium format that was sold only to select bookstores and comic shops at the time. So mm. even back then it wasn't like Dr. Who was like everywhere. Um, you still had to hunt and find these things. I and, think they were uh, calling them Baxter runs at the time. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They were using a different kind of paper. Yeah. It was a thicker um, and it was a higher. And so paint. somehow around that time period is when I, I started getting those issues and, uh, and, and that's when I first read this story, but, uh, um, and there's a lot of like that run went on for a while. Um, and then, and then they just sort of, it just sort of petered out and they didn't renew the license and everything. And then it took a while before. I don't think that we saw, um, uh, Doctor Who comics in the States until IDW, I think, took I think the license right. for a while. And that was with seven. Yeah. That was with New Who. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was with New Who. And that was with the, uh, the 10th Doctor. Right. But they did reprint old, they pr reprinted old ones. At the same time, it was weird. So IDW were reprinting classic um, yes. Doctor Who comics from Panini, um, but Panini were doing it at the same time. Panini, who print it in the UK, who also print collectible stickers for people buying at home, um, <laughs> they're owned by Marvel. Um, they're entirely owned by Marvel. So Doctor Who magazine is a Marvel magazine. The Doctor Who comic strip is a Marvel comic strip. Um so like the start so beat the meat is a marvel villain um so 
strictly speaking, I suppose could kind of end up in the MCU, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, there's a I mean, opportunity. It, it's possible through the Disney Plus thing. Maybe that's how it, it's able to, uh, you know, be there. I, I don't, like I said, I don't know behind the scenes. I'd be curious to know behind the scenes, like how mm-hmm. all that works as that's far as licensing. Though, because the doctor actually made a crossover into one of the British Marvel comics, what's called Deathhead. Mm-hmm. That's true. The uh, seventh doctor was in that storyline and everything for a bit, and so it was. Pr- it was pretty awesome to see, you know, getting the doctor because Death's Head was a bounty hunter, a robot bounty hunter who was sent out to capture the doctor. And I think it was it was a fun story. It was like I was able to get that through Diamond at the time, so it was pretty cool. If they're going to start doing um, Doctor Who comic characters and spinning them off and bringing them out. I I want an Absalom Dark series. Absalom <laughs> Dark Dalek Killer. Yeah, yeah, that's the best <laughs> comic they ever made. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's one of the things that yeah, that's that's uh, a spinoff that. And I was that actually a Doctor Who spinoff or was this Terry Nation thing? Uh, no, it was a Doctor Who spinoff because he turned up in the Nemesis of the Daleks in the Doctor Who magazine. So he gotcha. spun off into his own book, um, but. Uh, I think it was at the t- at the time when Terry Nation was kind of being a bit iffy with the rights because he was trying to sell the Daleks to an American audience for their own series. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, exactly, and they thought they would the Americans would like that type of character in the series and everything because there was talk about doing him live action and everything in the American series. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, <laughs> there. There is a lot of problems where Doctor Who crosses over into America, um, which not in any offense to any of you guys. Like, have you heard what they were planning on doing after the movie? They were basically going to use Paul McGann and then just rewrite old Doctor Who stories set in America. Like, that sounds like an American thing. Yes, (laughs) like Talons of Wang Chiang done in Boston. Like, I can believe that. (laughs) I. Actually, I just looked here and interesting because I, I was looking at uh, something else here. And actually, Absalom Doc has a uh, Dalek killer has uh, it just sounds cool to say that. Um, I know. Uh, <laughs> he actually did have a cameo in live action. Uh, he appeared in Doctor Who Season 8, Episode 5, ti- uh, episode five Time Heist. Uh, his mugshot briefly appears. I did. Um, yes, I remember that. Yes. So, so yeah. So we do have another uh, instance of a of a comic a character popping up in, in. Yeah. This. Yeah. It's uh. It's really brief, and I don't know if it really counts, but I mean, he's there. So I mean, that's cool. Well, it's, it looks the Easter eggs like that that keep the fans hooked, isn't it? Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's, but it's interesting coming back to Star Beast, the Wraith Warriors look exactly like they just popped out of the comic page. Yeah, yeah I was so impressed when I saw the yeah. trailer and I saw that. I, I want to know what they're going to do about the... Because one of the big things I keep pointing out in the comics is uh, the Wrath Warriors' tongues oh, that yes, have, the... like, <laughs> fingers on them, so they grab... Yeah. And again, this... I'm not sure, does this predate Alien now? I need to double-check uh, that. Oh, Probably not. No, no, no I don't think so. Alien was 70s. 79, I think, with Alien. I think. Yeah. So it's the year after, so you can tell where they got that from, I guess. Yes. I really hope they do that in the special, because I'd love to see how yeah. they do it. It's more too friendly having the tongue have fingers instead of it having a, another mouth on it. You know, <laughs> you know 
So. I mean, I have to say the comic is is not particularly kid friendly. No, not at all. No, it's they not. make the series kid friendly or not. But you can see where they're basically like you can see the framework of a story where they're just going to sort of like just push that framework into the show. So, you know, the the fourth Doctor is going to be the 14th Doctor. Um, the character of Sharon is obviously going to be the character of Rose. Um, they're going to, like, just slot those characters in in those slots. And it'll be basically the same story. You're fitting Donna somewhere into Dolso. Yes, exactly. Oh, I mean, they need to try and... Yeah, they need to fit Donna in there somewhere. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I look, I'm very keen for it. Um, I'm... <laughs> being the doctor who nerd i am like i want to talk to uh, talk about it so I'm, i love that i get a chance to talk to people who know because all my friends who like want to watch doctor who they've never read the comics and so i can't be like you I, you don't know what beep the meeps like i, I can't <laughs> tell you i can't ruin the show for you yeah 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 beep the meeps a psychopath played oh, by miriam margulies miriam yeah, margulies is, is ins- awesome inspired casting <laughs> i mean i i did not uh I did not associate her voice when I read this, of course, because I, I was rereading it. So I, I imagined something completely different. But uh, thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, that's, that works. I can I can definitely uh, be on board with that. I think it's pretty awesome. I think it's going to be great. The only thing I'm going to be very curious about, because you start finding out how really bad Beep is by his thoughts and everything, you know, him having very evil thoughts, you know. I it's can, very Shakespearean, isn't it? Exactly. They're just talking to the audience, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. is it going to be like Beep in the TV series? Is, you know, Beep going to be like talking like Smeagol under his tongue and everything? <laughs> you know, something Or like, breaking the fourth wall. He'll exactly. turn to the camera. <laughs> but I like, like the, the office. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, they'll do an office type thing, having like, you know, a cutout where he's being filmed. I actually didn't really like these humans. They really were starting <laughs> to get on my nerves, you know, or something like that. It could work. I think this story as well is very much, if you look at it self-contained, it's a great story. But if you look at it as part of the three specials, it is, I think Russell T. Davis is very much trying to send a message of this, like, when he brought Doctor Who back, it was all about, um, if you look at his storylines, they're all basically self-referential. They're all talking about the stuff he's done before. Um, but this is basically him going, all of Doctor Who is Doctor Who. You know, like everything, like this is this is not classic Who and new Who anymore or the, a new thing. It's all one show. And I think that's what he's trying to really show with this because he's got a lot of callbacks. You know, you've got the Toy Maker coming in in episode three, The Giggle. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, star beaten in episode one and episode two, he is keeping so secret because there is obviously something massive happening <laughs> in episode two. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's talked about, he talked about that in his book, how he felt very constrained when, when he brought the show back that the BBC really did not want him to refer back to older Dr. Who. Um, because they they thought it would turn off a, a new younger audience, and so I mean he did slip it in here and there, and then as time went on and it became more popular, then he's really he started doing more of that. But I think he's always um, regretted that he he didn't get to play around with that more and make it more clear that that I mean, and I agree, Doctor Who is Doctor Who in whatever mm-hmm. form it takes, mm-hmm. it's all part of the same universe. 
Yeah. I mean, crazy. you do have to, you know, you do run the danger, of course, by, you know, being too much into yourself. So you don't want to, like, alienate new people. But on the other hand... You mean like Star I- Wars? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! Uh, but true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, both. Wow. You could argue that both Star Wars and the MCU have gotten to the point now where they they are kind of they are kind of doing that. But um, uh, so yeah, we don't want to see Doctor Who start to do that as well. But um, yeah, I think there's a balance, and uh, you know, I mean, it's it's one of those things where look, I mean, if if people recognize uh, you know, beep, then then that's fine. For those people who don't, you know, just make sure that it's accessible. And I, uh, and I'm glad they can, you know, if I could see where, you know, in the eighties when during the John Nathan Turner years or whatever, that this would have been very difficult to pull off. Uh, so this is, uh, yeah, seeing even now it's going to be difficult to pull off. Right. I mean, yeah, we've seen a great, you know, like I said, with, you know, Groku and Star Wars and whoever, like, we've seen a lot of, like, CG characters uh, win win people over and become, like, merchandising things. But if that's what the BBC is hoping for here, I don't know if Beep's the one that you... I'm not not sure that's what they're really... I mean, Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be hoping for that. Like I said, well, bean counters just look at things and go... Have your own little furry homicidal maniac. Well, you know, I mean, sure, why not? Like, I, I can see... I, I I find it hard to believe that, you know, the market, the, the, the bean counters aren't looking at this going, hey, we can market this. Oh, I'm sure they're going to market it. Oh, you're going to yeah. see bean Just not in animals, the same I'm way. Sure. Um, I mean, are we going to have the same saturation of merchandise we had in, say, what, like 2011? when it was like at its peak, um, you know, when there was TARDIS shaped literally everything, you know, you had like Matt Smith slippers with little bow ties on them. Like, are we going to get to that point? We're going to have, <laughs> are we going to have beep the meep in various different sizes and shapes? Ones that talk. It's just like, bloop, bloop. like that's, it, that's what they want. Oh, I, mean, I would. Yeah. Worry. I'm if sure Disney's that's... getting in their hands on it. Damn straight. Yeah. <laughs> beep, beep. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's a it's randomizer which one it's gonna say is it gonna just be like beep beep or is it gonna like say i'm going to i'm gonna like <laughs> well take out your art you, it would be great if when he did it the facial expression changed on the front of it yeah <laughs> i will say as far as the specials go like i love yeah i love the starbase i love beat the meat i love what's coming with the toy maker i'm hoping that somewhere in these specials that they try and at least have a bit of a nod towards um, Big Finish, like, because they're nodding towards the comics. I, I want them to sort of nod towards Big Finish a bit because when you look at... My main criticism of Chris Chibnall is the fact that he was basically like, my Doctor Who is the only Doctor Who. Um, and Russell seems to be going the complete opposite to that. Yeah, well, you saw... I mean, you see where that got Chris Chibnall. wow i think it's a whole i think it's a big record for us like 50 minutes in until we like (laughs) until until we took us a while to bash chris and it was me that did it and it's all karen's fault (laughs) (laughs) but i did it for the best reasons it was in defense of big finish (laughs) (laughs) hey that's okay but yeah, I, well, I think, yeah, I never did understand that 
with Chris Chibnall why he was and and he it's not he's actually a fan of, of classic who so it surprised me when he made the big announcement about how he was basically going to ignore all of the rest of doctor who mm-hmm. uh yeah and that did not serve him well nope no you know he's not a fan favorite as we like to say no but it'll be very interesting to see you know the comic was fun it was a very quick read I finished it probably about 20 minutes or so. It's a decent story. You know, it was kind of interesting, though. Because it's a Marvel comic, you got to see Stan Lee Presents. Yes, yes. It's it's not the greatest writing. Like, it's a great story. It's not the greatest writing in the world. The the dialogue can be quite stilted. Um, It's because it has to be done in, like, because what you got three pages of comics in a magazine or something, yes. and you had to then like you know you had to cut them up and then do it like over s- six issues or eight issues eight issues. I think it was eight um, issues. So it's uh, yeah, it, it, the some of the dialogue doesn't quite work, and you know the fact that you have to have eight issues, and also because apparently it's the law, you need to have a cliffhanger at the end of each issue <laughs> well duh you know well i mean you know, that's that to me is fine because that's a, that's a, a doctor who serialized you know storytelling tradition so yeah, like, like just like a, just like format. just like classic who right like i i love i love uh good cliffhanger when it comes to doctor who so what's weird I was, wrong, although you know these aren't really great cliffhangers but no <laughs> On cliffhangers, I was watching a YouTube video about Doctor Who cliffhangers, and I didn't realize that in the US, so in the UK, the Sixth Doctor's stories were transmitted as 45-minute episodes. In the US, they were transmitted as 22-and-a-half-minute episodes. So they just cut it in the middle, and so you guys have got these really harsh, like, really really bad cliffhangers i was like that must have been so weird watching that in the 80s and being like what just happened well, i can make lots of comments about the six doctor era anyway <laughs> that's, a whole, that's a whole another episode right there but it was just interesting and but yeah folks this is worth reading and yeah. you know it's it's fun it's like we've said it's not hard to find you could probably even find it online in like pdf format somewhere i'm sure internet archive guys yeah yeah i mean it is dark and there is a medical body horror in it oh yes yes that's true yes that is true the doctor has an upset stomach because he has i I love the casualness it's like i have a bomb inside me (laughs) oh well (laughs) i i I need to i need to go get some lead I need to wear lead for the rest of this story. <laughs> exactly. And it's just like, well, he just doesn't want Superman's x-ray vision to you know, look through his belly or something. <laughs> so, oh, but yeah, it's, it was fun. And you know what, folks? If it's half as fun as the comic was, the story that we're going to get next month is going to be great. And it's probably going to be even more so because there's going to be even more spinning wheels with it. Yeah, my my big hope is that people aren't going to be like, "Hey, this is like one of this must have been one of the better the best uh, comic stories." So that's why they adapted it. It's like mm, there are a oh. lot better comic stories than this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, you know, it, it's a fine comic story. It's a it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's it's fun for what it is. 
it, it's good way it, to yeah, it. it's fun for what it is. Uh, it's a uh, interesting, and it's it doesn't you know it doesn't linger. It's just two issues, uh, or at least in 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 you know my case, it's pretty short. Um, in fact, they had plenty of in these in these issues that I have, they had plenty of padding material for other like short stories of the Daleks and the Cybermen and all that kind of stuff. So um, so there, it's a very short read. Um, I, I would. <laughs> As a comic guy, I would suggest not trying to get it online for free. Uh, I would suggest <laughs> supporting a comic shop or a comic book store or Support something and buy it. If you can find it in stock. Yeah, you, you can't find it in It's actually really hard. I went originally went when I was looking for the one for Mary. I w- went into a com- into Titan, and they usually can get anything. Those books are right now out of print. Yeah. But I mean, on, you can search, search secondary places. I mean, eBay yeah, and them. Yeah, there was, I had, there were tons of I got it off of had. eBay for, yeah. And it was like five, six bucks. It was even the original issues, if you guys want to do a deep dive, are not that, they're not that expensive. They're pretty reasonable. They're, I mean, for comics that are almost, you know, what is it, 50 years old? Goodness gracious, how old am I? Uh, like 40 50 years old i i'm i'm you know that you can get them they're not they're not that expensive uh, if you want to get a collection of that um they're they're pretty they're out there i know that only 43 years old come on 43 only okay. well, only <laughs> goodness gracious me but um yeah and and there's plenty of great stories where, where these came from um so and and a lot of them were done by people who went on to do really really uh great work um, the, well, the really artist on this was Dave mind. Gibbons. Yeah, Dave Gibbons was, is amazing in this. Dave Gibbons, yes. Um, uh, written by was it uh, Pat Mills and John Wagner originally? Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, Grant Morrison has a run on uh, on the comics for a while. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of great, a lot of great British writers uh, have. I don't think. Um, I don't think Neil ever no, did, did, which not. is weird. So I, I can't like that's just boggles my mind that Neil Gaiman never wrote a Doctor Who comic story. I'm like, how does that not happen? Yeah, that is surprising. He was kind of busy writing, you know, things about <laughs> angels and demons, and you know, a guy named uh, Morpheus. You know, yeah, yeah I can't. I, I yeah, there's no excuse. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you, Neil? <laughs> Damn it, Neil. There's no excuse. Uh, so uh, yeah, so I mean, that still could happen, you know. Exactly. So definitely. Well, he's just said he wants to go back to writing. He's yes. um, he reckons that after um, the season three of Good Omens, he's done with show running. He just wants to be a person who just sits and writes books and comics and poetry. He said. Yep. Hey, uh, a Doctor Who graphic novel from Neil Gaiman. I don't. That's just printing money, right? I mean, I don't see why anybody <laughs> like that. <laughs> who doesn't want that? Nope. Exactly. So, folks, it'll be tons of fun to look at and everything. Um, but I don't think it's even necessary to rate this one and everything. Just check it out, folks. It's a ton of fun. So that is going to wrap up this fun episode of our station. Who we were all over the place, folks. We totally were. And I want to thank everyone, Kieran. Thank you, my dear friend. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here as as usual. Always great to have you. And you want to promote your stuff real quick? Um, yeah, so, uh, I'm on Instagram at, uh, at MK3 Vocal Machine, um, uh, and pzinner.com.au. And I actually, I, I hate to promote it in the middle of your show, but, uh, I've got my own Doctor Who podcast coming out soon. It's, it's grown very, very quickly. It's all about, um, 
uh, looking at each individual story of the master across all media. Um, so yeah, that's going to come out soon. That's it's called cool. "Please Attend Carefully." That would be awesome. It's cool because yeah, because there's so many incarnations of the master, not only on TV but in the comics, the book, oh, and yeah. also, of and, course, Big Finish. Oof. And the ones that people argue about, like, for example, uh, for big Classic Who fans out there, is the War Chief from the War Games an incarnation of the Master? Mm-hmm. That is a an argument that apparently has been raging for the last 50 years. Well, also the Madeline Monk, also. Well, yes, that was a that was an argument for a very long time. I think Big Finish has given him his own life, yes. um, oh, and her own life, because there's also a female incarnation of the monk now, there who is, is the nun. The nun. But uh, yeah, exactly. Well, thank you, thank you, and thank you so much, Mary Ogle. Thank you as always. Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed this one. I don't get to read the comics a lot, and so it was really nice to kind of dive back into that world. Yes, and so. Anything you want to promote, like your website and such, or your artwork? You can find my artwork at mariogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Awesome, awesome. And Mr. Mike Gordon, you have a Comic-Con coming up that you're going to be a track director at. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's Monsterama. It's at the end of uh, the month of October, the 27th through the 29th. It's, uh, yeah, I am not set up there, although Peter will be set up there for uh, selling all things Tiki Zombie and everything like that. And uh, it's more than just comics. It's retro, sci-fi, fantasy, horror. Um, Nicholas Meyer, uh, director of Star Trek II, among many, many other things, is the main highlighted guest. There's also uh, plenty of other celebrities there, too. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun time. And yes, I am in charge of programming for the literature, art and comics track. And uh, we've got some really, really, really awesome programming coming your way. So uh, check it out. Monsterama. I think it's monsteramacon.com or something like that. I don't know. I'll have to have get the website. I'll put it on the show notes. Exactly. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much for joining us for this hot mess tonight. It was a ton of fun. We will see you all next time. You could always find us feedback at earthstationwho.com and, of course, the wonderful Facebook group that we have going on. And you know what? I just ch- posted that cover that we were talking about at the beginning of the show. So, you know what? Partners in time. Is it going to be a real <laughs> thing or not? Let, let the debate start. Oh, yeah. All right, folks. We'll see you soon. Peace. And we are done. Ciao, everybody. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talent from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. 
The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.